This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, everyone? Welcome to The 20 Podcast, brought to you by BeatSource. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! That's right. Shout out to everyone that's been coming out to all my gigs and sending me nice messages online. You can uh, find out all that info on my Instagram, at DJ Spider, D-J-S-P-I-D-E-R. Post all my shows up there and all that stuff. I'll be coming out to uh, Nashville and South Carolina, Vegas, Atlantic City, a bunch of places coming up. I uh, love when you guys come out to the shows and say what up to me in person. I appreciate it. And I also appreciate you guys listening and sending me messages and being so supportive. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. As I always say, we're on every platform. So uh, you can watch us on YouTube. You can listen on Spotify or Apple or whatever. So thank you for the support. Keep it up. Um, we got some crazy guests potentially coming up for the end of the year. Can't give it away, but stay tuned, baby. Um, and today we have an amazing guest and we've got a whole new thing that we're launching on BeatSource that we can tell you about. We've got the country music curator for BeatSource on the show today in person. He flew out from Dallas just to do this, which I have so much respect for people taking their time to come do that. And I really appreciate it. He's been working tirelessly on creating these playlists and edits and all the whole section for BeatSource for country music since April 2022. And it's November now. Uh, and it's finally ready to be used by DJs worldwide. I went through all the playlists, checked it out. Really cool. I'm not very well versed in country, which probably a lot of you are not as well. So he is here to help and we are here to help. It's it's pretty cool. Um, and not only is he the country curator, he has also got an incredible DJ career himself, which you will learn about on this show. I learned a lot from him just hearing from his journeys and what, what he's done uh, over the past you know 10 years or so. Um, he runs LaForce as well as LaForce Pro, which is a DJ booking company and a full service production company doing all types of events, streams, and more. Uh, he describes it better than I can, so I'll let you get all the details from him in the episode, so stay tuned. Um, he also has a really inspirational story of growth professionally, physically, mentally, all this stuff that I really think you're going to get a lot out of it. He wants to be the best. He puts 100% or more than 100% to everything you can tell, and it really pays off. So check this out. You're going to learn a lot from him. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think he's the kind of person that seems like he's innovating and growing all the time. Doesn't seem like he's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, so, um, oh, the other thing, make sure you stay tuned for is that he's got some incredible voices and impressions that he can do. I don't think we've had another DJ that can do that on the show. And it's going to have you cracking up if you can uh, listen for that. So please welcome to the show, DJ Nate Nelson. A podcast, people. Let's record a goddamn podcast with some country shit. That's right. We're going to do it big up here. <laughs> hey, baby. We got Hank Hill in the That house. sounds like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> hey, I'm Kermit. <laughs> I'm the Southern Kermit. No, I can't even come close to doing it. Hey. <laughs> How do you... You got to do the breathiness. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's Hank Hill, y'all. Uh, see my wife. I don't even know what her see wife's my name wife. is. <laughs> I don't even know what Hank Hill's wife's name is. I don't either. I, I was think it's like try- Family Guy. I was about to call her Peggy. <laughs> Damn, you're cheating on your, yeah. your Hank Hill's. Hank my Hill's bad. cheating on his wife, man. You know Hank Hill's one true love is propane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're good. That's you're about good. it. 
Oh my God. All right. So we're here, guys. We are in Beverly Hills, California, welcoming all the way from Dallas. Came here for the podcast. You got to give him mad props for this. Yeah. He flew out here for the podcast. DJ Nate Nelson, give it up. Are you going to give me the boo button like Nick or the real No boo. Cheer? No. I <laughs> <laughs> womp, 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 yeah. womp. Wrong button. <laughs> no, you're getting, well, I'm doing yours in post production. Okay. So. I, I can it. do anything. Yeah, do it. Yeah, like, you're I'm getting, in. right now, you're booed. <laughs> You're getting the sad horn right now. It's Sorry okay. about that. I'm in California, so it works. <laughs> um, we got Nate Nelson. He's wearing a shirt that says country shit. He uh, can do many voices that you'll hear later. Uh, you Maybe I'll start the podcast with one of them. I don't know. We don't know. Okay, I haven't edited it yet. But uh, thank you for flying all the way here. Yeah, man. Being thank you for show. having me, dude. Yeah, so excited. So pumped to be here. Yes, so excited to have you on. Um I was just learning a lot about your life, you know, from from doing research and from listening to stuff, and uh, there is just so much interesting stuff for us to talk about. Let's um, do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, so you're from Dallas, originally from Oklahoma, originally from Oklahoma. So I don't know if it gets any more country than that. No, it doesn't. And and the reason why we're, we're just you know to to prime you guys for the countryness that's coming up. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but the. Uh, <laughs> um, Nate is the country music curator for Beat Source that has just launched today, not the day you're listening to this podcast, but the day that we're recording this. Yes. So get into a time machine, back to the future. That's when, but it's being launched today. He's put in, I can't even imagine the amount of work. Started in April. (laughs) Wow. That's what I thought. So I was like, is that a typo? Like he started in April. So that's where we're going on the country stuff. We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) But. So you flew here. Did you, did you just get here today? So this morning, yeah. Okay. I left Dallas at like 7.30 this morning. So 5.30 y'all's time. Amazing. So there's, you know, I think there's only been a couple people that have flown here strictly because of the podcast, and they're both from Dallas. Nice. I think it's you and Mark, Mark. Cuts. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I had enough else? points, and Southwest sent me this thing. It's like, hey, 20% off if you use points. I'm like, oh, I can go. Let's do it. Let's so, do this. Let's do this. It's okay. better than looking at each other on a screen. Oh, so much better. Yeah, yeah it's great. Sure. Yeah, I love it. I'd much rather have people come in person. Totally fine if not. You know, anything's possible. But, uh, yes, glad to have you here. Thank you for making the trip. Welcome to L.A. Thanks, man. And, um, yeah, what, uh, I guess, just how was the journey coming here? before? We it wasn't bad. The, yeah. uh, it was crazy coming into L.A. Like, I think I've never flown in, like, in the morning like that. And so yeah. it, I was supposed to land before 9, and... We were coming in. It was like nothing but clouds everywhere, yeah, and I'm like, day. "Oh, there's mountains everywhere!" <laughs> like all, like all I kept thinking in my head was like Kobe Bryant, like you oh, know, God. like mountains. And I know that sounds like morbid, but I was just like, "I, I don't know. These pilots have instruments, right?" But then all of a sudden, it's like no clouds. <laughs> the airport's right there, and then all of a sudden, the plane just dips because we were way too high. Oh wow! And so I'm like, "Are we gonna make this runway?" And he just just going straight down towards the <laughs> towards the airport. And then like we we I see like, "Oh, that's the runway. We're not gonna make this landing." Yeah. So then the plane just does a U turn and goes straight no way, back up. Really? Oh, yeah. that's so we flew to me. out like ten that. minutes all the way out over the ocean. And I'm like, "Well, we're gonna be delayed now." So it's like 25 more minutes sitting in a chair. 
and I had to pee so bad, and there was a lady next to me that I didn't want to bother to wake up, so I just sat there. But, <laughs> yeah, other than that, the flight was great. Oh, my God. Um, other than thinking you might die and not be here yeah. today. <laughs> my wife texted me. She was like, that's my worst nightmare. You traveling a lot and never coming home. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm safe on the ground. I'm yeah. in L.A. He's here. The sun came out. It's beautiful now. Is yeah, that like a daily no. thing? Like it's No, not at all. It, no? no, the daily thing is there's no rain. That was like a fluke thing. Okay. Like it wasn't even supposed to rain. Like last night, all of a sudden, uh, like a couple, the clouds were coming in, a couple drops, and I told my wife, I'm like, yo, it's starting to rain. What's happening? And then it actually rained like all night for once. Um, well, the weather is absolutely beautiful. I drove yeah. up and down Sunset earlier. And oh, amazing. Went up to Hollywood and then nice. got some Starbucks and okay. been hanging out at the Beat Source office today. Great. So. Yes, yeah. we are here at the Beat Source office. Um, yeah, it's an. I actually had the same experience flying into Dallas. I was in your hometown uh, now, you know, after Oklahoma, uh, in Dallas, and same thing, insane storm, five-hour yeah. delay, and we were coming through some crazy cloud where I was like, are we, can, what's about to happen? And the guy's going straight down, and then we just pop right out of it, and he landed so hard. Like, people were like, oh, like yelled on the plane. So <laughs> Those are the worst. Similar, similar experience. Yeah, we have crazy storms uh, in oh, Texas. Yeah. One of my buddies, uh, or a guy that just joined our DJ, um, joined our company in Dallas, yeah. he's from Bakersfield. And so okay. he moved to uh, Dallas, and, like, they do tornado warnings, like sirens, like right. test them every week. And he was like, what is this? It's like <laughs> noon on a Wednesday, and everything's going crazy outside uh, because we have crazy weather in Texas. Right, right, okay. Yes, you do really have yes. crazy weather. I was like, am I going to make this? I think my gig started at, at midnight, and I was at the booth at like 11.57 p.m. or some shit. <laughs> I was like, I'm, yeah. you know, no Halloween costume. Sorry, guys. I'm just here to play the music. It was... I, I'm happy I Where made did, it. You dress up as you didn't dress up, so you dressed up as no, yourself. I was yeah. myself. Yes, I was DJ Spider. And no, I put on some sort of weird skeleton thing uh, Saturday. I always have a funny costume, so I did feel a bit like a cop out. Like everyone's like, "Where's Kenny G? Where's Borat?" You know, all your normal Borat would be a great costume. Borat, You've done that, I guess. Yeah. I was Borat. I think the year, whatever year the movie came out, 2006 or 2007, I was Borat. And I DJed in New York City on New Year's Eve. I mean, on New Year's on Halloween for a MySpace party. One of the most fun nights of my life, just because being able to walk around New York at the height of when Borat the movie just came out, dressed like him, and I look like him. All I have to do is put a mustache and that yeah. horrible suit on, and I just basically was him. It was the most fun night of my life. And I'm with Tom. You got a Borat voice? Like I was doing voices. I Let's mean, hear the Borat voice. No, it's not very good. I just <laughs> I'm more looking. I'm like my wife. My, hello, my wife. Hello, I am from Kazakhstan. My wife is coming. That's good. Here. That's good. <laughs> That's great. I saw it to all Kazakhstan peoples. Thank you, my wife. Yeah. Okay. So that's my that's my <laughs> voice. What about you? You have a Borat voice, a country no, one? I, no, <laughs> not at all. I I, um, I don't even know how to say Kazakhstan. Did I say it right? That was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, that was, and I was with Tom from MySpace and he was actually him, but everybody thought it was just like him in a costume. So that was cool. incredible. Yeah. Um, okay. So no, no dressing up, but yeah, Dallas. That's where you're from. You're from Oklahoma. Where are you from in Oklahoma? Oklahoma City. Born, Oklahoma City. born in Oklahoma, or born in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, stayed in Oklahoma City until high school. Graduated high school and moved to Dallas right out of high Got school. Got it. Okay. Been to Oklahoma City like once or twice in my life. I think it was not um, as cool as it is now when it, I was there. It was. We didn't have an NBA team. We didn't have a lot right. of money. It was just like. What's uh, mind blowing to me is that weed is legal in Oklahoma. Yeah, medically. Oh, you have to have a card. 
Okay, but still. But you can get a... To me, like, Oklahoma seems know. like you get your head chopped off if you smoke weed, like, <laughs> yeah, 10, 20 Bible years Bell. ago. Like, Texas right? doesn't have anything. Medical... We have CBD, but... Uh, Which is crazy to me, yeah. especially with Austin. It's crazy. And, like, you can go in Oklahoma and get a medical card passport, a temporary medical card now. Wow. You okay. go into the shop, the, the weed store, and it's like, uh, can I get a, a temporary card? They call this doctor... Oh, my back hurts. Great. You're accepted. And then you can buy weed. Oh, well, that, that's how it was here before it was full recreation. You but it's just like go I, with my Texas Skype. ID, I can do that. Right. Like, it's Interesting. crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just can't believe. Yeah. And like Nevada, people are applying for yesterday was the day to apply for the marijuana consumption lounges. So it's going to be like a bar. Sick. I'm like that. I want to have one of those. I'm putting that out. Are they the doing universe. weddings with weed bars yet? Uh, I have DJed at quite a few with weed bars and mushroom plates. Okay. <laughs> Which is the next level, I think, of yeah. what's going to happen. But Never tried shrooms. But I heard like microdosing is the way to go. Uh, microdosing is definitely the thing that people are doing now. And I think it's m- an easier way to do it, you know. And I do see it's on the road to becoming legalized and also to becoming a party, party drug like alcohol, which is weird because it does create somewhat of an awkward atmosphere in a way. See, I've just heard horror stories and like, I'm really scared of spiders and I just feel like I would hit like a deep hole if I went that way. Like, (laughs) I know not, not those kinds of like, but real spiders. Like, um, yeah, I just feel like I would like, I've heard my buddies, like they were taking shrooms one time and they're like, look at all the ants on the table. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want, I don't want to like be looking around at spiders and ants and shit. Right. Like harm myself or something. No, you'll be good. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. But yeah. you, you, you know, you just. I might find some other voices. I think that. Yeah. Oh my God, you will get some really good voices. Nice. I think what I tell people when they try it is, you can always do um, more, but you can't do less. Yeah. Uh, so because that's always the problem. People it's like are the like, Cat Williams. I've it is seen- easy to get high. <laughs> it is not easy to get unhigh when your baby walk in the room. Thank you. That's exactly (laughs) it. Like, I wish there was another thing you could take to make it go away because that's the only thing is that it can creep up and be way too strong. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's chocolate. It's easy. And then it takes like an hour or two. And then, but I've been noticing it like starting last summer at a wedding I did. And they were like, oh, we're all going to be, you know, at this part in the wedding, we want you to play like deep house music. And I was like, okay. And and then they're like, we're all going to have a big plate of shrooms. And I'm like, that's a first, you know, and then I really had to learn, almost relearn how to DJ to people on shrooms because they wanted like less words, you know, it was just, they just wanted like just the feelings. Yeah. yeah. It was, and I wasn't so well versed in deep house and digging Play that. a lot of sixties trippy music. That's all you got to do. I did. Well, funny enough, I played, a, yeah. I did a little Motown set within it and they got like so euphoric and were like singing every, it was like bringing back some memories and they were singing every word, like loving it. So oh, yeah. it did tap into something there. That's dope. Um, but yes, I think that that it'll be it, at weddings and yeah. and I I, they, I truly have, believe it'll be legal nationwide yeah. in the next the, five years. Me like. too. And they ha- here in in California and in LA especially, so many parties have you know bud tenders yeah. and and either uh, pre rolled ones or I've been to ones where they have literally people that will roll it for like, you. Like and, the cigar rollers are now yeah, blunt rollers. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Like Snoop Dogg's big blunt jars. rollers been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah, she's like, not getting paid enough. <laughs> I think she Inflation. makes like 50, 50 grand. She has to roll a half a pound of weed a day. I mean, she half can a just take weed. a little That's bit crazy. off the side and I guess. sell it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going <laughs> going <laughs> off on a, we're we're going off on a tangent, but it's a good tangent. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's uh, 
sorry, just to finish that off, is that in Vegas, I think that's going to be incredible. I do think DJs will have a huge place within that world that is untapped. Like, For sure. There's... You know, there needs to be playlists on BeatSource that are like... Psychedelic. Exactly. Like the kind of beats you could play and those kind of things that, yeah. that would translate, I think, you know? So, sure. um, yeah, I want to... I think that's something that will grow, especially in Vegas, and will be like a big... As yeah. much as they want to fight it and have it go away, it's it's coming, guys. Yeah. Sorry to break it to you. For sure. Um, all right. So, let's get into the country shit, like your yeah. shirt says. Yeah. Um, you are the country curated for BeatSource. You've been working on this since April 2022. It is now November 2022. We've launched it today. The playlist on there. I told you a story about being in Dallas Friday night and someone coming or Saturday night, someone coming up and saying, "Hey, you got any country?" And I immediately thought of you and the playlist, and it hadn't been launched yet. And I was like, "Oh man!" But I already have uses for it, yeah. and. Um, and even like I got, I played um, that festival the first year of it in Chicago, the uh, Windy City Smokeout, and it's a country festival. Cool. And I remember they were like, we want you to play in between the bands. And I was like, I don't have one country song. They're like, no, that's why we want you to play uh, because you, you're going to do different stuff. But now as it's been going, I would love to do something and try to play a cool country set, you know, yeah. and, and now I have well, the, the ability to do it. That's <laughs> the unique thing about country, man, is that, um, you know, even in if you know, they call them honky tonks in Texas, like right. a, a full on country bar. Everybody's dressed in their boots and their starch jeans and their starch shirts. Like I don't own any of that shit. Um, this is as country as I get on this is it the country <laughs> shit shirt. Okay, um, okay. But like they have a DJ. They'll they'll play country music for when they dance, 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 and then it's like we're gonna take a break from this and it's all like hip hop and like current music, even in there. Like that's sort of what they do. It's like we have me. a band, it's live music, and then we're gonna have a, a hip hop set mm -hmm. or a dance set or something like that. And so it's just super hard with country to actually like look out and go like what's the best like twenty best country bangers for a dance floor? Like right. like uh, most people aren't gonna get out and dance like they do at a at a club. To yeah. country they're gonna get out and like two-step maybe or that's what i was gonna say are there certain like is even like i dj at a party thursday night and these people kept being like yo play the wobble play the wobble play the wobble you know finally put on the stinking wobble and uh everyone starts doing the dance and the line thing and whatever it is and in a way i'm like happy that they're having fun and then part of me is also like i hate this you know like <laughs> Because then you're like, how do I get out of this? They're doing this choreographed dance. Where do you go from here? You got a jump cut, and then when you get to the O's, <laughs> drop in Return of the Mac. Oh. Oh, okay. That's pretty boom, good. Boom, boom, boom. Oh. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. See? There you go. Whoa. We're, we're, that's we're a good idea. We're straight out. That's, that's, a good idea. that's how I get out of Wobble. That's a good idea. I heard <clears> some <throat> mashup, too, of uh, where someone put uh, the Return of the Mac with that new... Um, Peaches. Uh, Justin Timberlake has no. I heard it with what's that? That sounds good but too. That's not. Um, that's not old. That's Post Malone. <laughs> they put over it. Um, I like I'm you. about to pull oh. up or whatever it is, but it sounded yeah. like really good. Um, so you could do that too. Then out sure. of that, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I uh, but yeah. So I was wondering, like in country, is it same kind of thing? You put on songs that make them do a specific dance, or yeah, there's a couple. Um, Copperhead Road is one that like people request all the time, but Copperhead Road is one of those ones that even in Texas, when I play it, not everybody knows that dance. It's a very hard, difficult dance to do. So okay. you may get ten people. If a client asks me, say, "Hey, we want to play Copperhead Road at the wedding," I'm like, "How many people know how to do that dance?" Because if not, then people are just going to stand there and four people are right. going to do it, and you're just like, "It's a waste of." Is like, there like a 
country TikTok dance world. I wonder. You know, there's like a lot of like hip hop or pop or man, house. I haven't, I haven't seen that because uh, I wonder. There. There's so many dances. Like you yeah. said, Copperhead Road. Is there like so a, like people do like the idea. electric slide to like Achy Breaky Heart. Like okay. so, they do the same dance as like the electric slide, right. but just to Achy Breaky Heart or some other country songs. Got like, it. I'm from the country. There's a there's a couple of them. I I did make a curated playlist of country line dances. So there's okay. There is one of those that you can check out. So okay, cool. Yeah. So as far as like the playlist that you have made, um, you know, I think we were speaking a little bit earlier that country music isn't known as a DJ genre really right. necessarily you know when you even you go on dj city there's no real country thing when the people ask me for country i'm sort of like deer in a headlights like i don't know what to do like maybe tell me something i'll look it up yeah. but it's not it, it has never traditionally been a, a dj thing and i was saying how like avici and some people have you know integrated it lightly into those types of music but it it has never come into it but i feel like now is a good time with how Bad Bunny and, and K-pop and all these different types of music are being able to be mashed together. Country music kind of has an opportunity to come in with all of it. And I think that's why it's really cool that BeatSource has the playlist coming out. And I was digging through them last night. How did you begin your approach to figuring out what playlists you were going to make and then making them? Um, I really felt like it was a... I mean, my roots were country. My mom definitely was a massive inspiration on my music side of country okay uh, my dad has always been uh in country music he was a drummer oh, uh, okay. i was a drummer nice. um you know and so my dad actually like was in the tour bus industry out of nashville so we, i knew john michael montgomery and some other country artists like yeah. from that time but i felt like when i was building these lists yeah i had to put myself put myself in other people's shoes. Like, what are they going to look for? Like when I go, if I'm looking right. on beat source, like if I'm looking for an Afro beats or for uh, some new dance stuff or house stuff, like yeah. what am I specifically looking for? And so that's what I thought when building these playlists out was like, if people don't know the genre at all, yeah, they can, they can click on one or two of these lists and then find something that's going to work in most situations. But Every situation is different. Like, country is very different regionally. Like, there's a lot of different, like, regional sure. stuff. Like, if you're in South Carolina, um, Georgia, you're going to probably have stuff that's, like, really, I don't know, old but also new poppy stuff. And then if you're in Texas, there's, like, a subgenre called Texas country. Like, that's okay. all twangy red dirt, like, stuff like that. And But I feel like, the for the most part of it, country music is, like, feel good. Like, it's either about drinking beer, driving trucks, Shooting something, you know, yeah. breaking up. Like, I was gonna say women. <laughs> that's about that's about <laughs> Men, all country yeah. genre is about, right? You know, so um, it's always feel good. And I, I think that when I built these playlists, I was really looking at there's different aspects. So a lot of the charts are labeled like backyard barbecue or um, cocktail, country cocktail. So like stuff you could play in a cocktail hour if someone asked you to do that. Or um, like there's a honky tonk hoedown playlist, which is more like. In Texas, we call them honky tonk. So you're going to dance to that side of things. And it's really like that That was the higher end stuff. So I, I tried to make it where it was really easy for people to click on a playlist and kind of know which, you know, environment they're playing for, how yeah. they could direct it, you know? Right. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I actually like the 
uh, country cocktail one. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I would have never even thought of this, yeah. you know. And then even the 70s, I, I think it was the 70s and 80s. Or yeah, 60s. I made 70s and 80s together of, like, the top hits. I think there's probably 40 tracks in that one. Right. Um, but it's, I mean, those are, like, classic, classic country songs, like Merle Haggard and right. Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and, like, some of the old, old, old country staples, like Dolly Parton. So Yeah, that was cool. And, the, and really something that stood out to me that was great was the intro edits on a lot of them, you know. Know, I was like, okay, I wouldn't know how to mix in some of these, you know. So yeah, ha- shout out to Edwin. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I mean, that was great, you know, to be able to have those or have it without, because you know you're going to be at a thing where sometimes they want you to just for sure echo out, put it on. Everybody has that feeling of when the song yeah. comes on. You and know, country's hard too because people like the originals, like and, yeah, you know, exactly. they want like the whole song, and we're going to do this dance to this or right. You know, country to me is like in, in any type of event. There's um, there's a ton of pretty great like slow dance songs. So like if yeah. you're trying to slow something down for okay. dinner music stuff like that, there's just like George Strait has 50 number one hits. Like you know like yeah. he has an album that's 50 number ones. Like you know you could play any of those songs and and most people in Texas would know those things. But like I'm not playing even in Texas. I'm not playing in a ton of country music. Right. Like it's it's not something that's just like oh I have this country wedding and I'm gonna play country all night long because not everybody's a fan of that. And like, you know, like a wedding or a private event, like you have everybody's music tastes are different. So you have to play to your crowd. Otherwise you're just going to, if you, if a client tells you we want country all night long, okay, it's going to be tough. Like it's never going to happen. It just wouldn't like people have told me that before. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it for 20 minutes and then we'll see. Oh, your dance floor is not full. This is what you wanted. It's not the songs. Like, let me do my thing. And then, okay, now you have a party. So exactly. It's tough, but. Yeah, you got to know how to mix it in with. Well, I mean, even how you describe the honky tonks, where they'll put on hip hop or rock or whatever music yeah, in between. So for sure. I think country crowds are used to that in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And the the women like all women like to shake their ass. So like, yeah, you know, they want to go dance and get twirled around and spun. I think that's what's fun about country music is that, you know, like even in like big Texas universities, Texas A and M, Texas Tech, they have yeah. these swing dance teams that compete and go out and like dance in rodeos and do all these things like. You know, most people, most DJs are like, what the hell's a rodeo? You know, like, right. it's, they get on bulls and horses and Do they have DJs the at rodeos? I uh, know. They usually have, like, bands. I did play, I did DJ a rodeo one time. Okay. Like, I think it was, like, 2020. Like, it was my second event back from COVID. It was oh, live wow. rodeos in, like, really small town Oklahoma. It was, like, this big rodeo thing. And there was, like, 2,000 people there. And they were like, we got a DJ after the rodeo tonight. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to play. But I did, and it was good. Um, but, like, that was the first time I've ever played a rodeo. And that's the first time I'd ever seen a DJ at a rodeo. Yeah, I've never seen it either. What's the most country shit you've ever DJed? Probably that rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, what I was thinking. It just yeah. made me think of it. Like, I is mean, there anything more? Uh... Yeah, probably that rodeo. I mean, I did a really cool event uh, last month, and it was uh, a really rich dude, and there was a bar back uh, in Dallas in the 90s called Cowboys. Okay. And um, now there's a, a second or third version of this bar called Cowboys Red River, but it's in a totally different place. The old Cowboys was iconic. People like um, Tim McGraw and Keith Urban and uh, Tracy Lawrence, all these old 90s icon country artists all played there before they made it big. And, like, they were playing at this bar called Cowboys. Well, Mm. the clients met at that bar in 1994. Mm. 
and they were dance partners and then they both got married and went their separate ways wow. uh and then they both got divorced and then facebook brought them back together so they they got Crazy. married and he's wow. like a multi multi-millionaire now so they wanted to recreate that bar and they took a ballroom and literally scaled it out and recreated the entire bar and that, that was my job to play the after party and it was like she wanted it all to be 1994 or older country music and oh, so i had great. to like curate that whole list off that and play to that but then she's like i do want dance music but i want it to be 94 or older so i'm like playing tootsie roll and like old shit like wow and it was crazy and i played a little bit of newer stuff but for the most part i tried to stay in that theme for them yeah that was really country like they had a disco ball that was a saddle wow it's nuts that's incredible <laughs> yeah it went all out yeah that's amazing um and so uh how often, like, will you be updating the country playlist stuff? Um, I mean, I'm looking at the charts and stuff that's coming out weekly. Um, I have some ideas for some more um, country lists that I want to build. I, I think I do want to take that um, list from that party that I just mentioned and, yeah. and like take that whole that whole party and and make that up. That playlist. would be cool. Like, yeah, I, I do that sometimes where I'll just trans take my history and transition it over as much as I can to beat source or something to, to see if I can make a playlist, you know, right. for that specific party. Yeah. Um, Cause it's nice to see what the DJ, the DJs played or if you were in that type of situation. Yeah. I want to definitely like, I'm going to put out a Christmas list cause like Christmas parties and corporate events, like country artists are always putting out great right. Christmas albums. So I'm going to do a Christmas, uh, a playlist here soon. Um, I have like four or five other ideas that I've already got on the back burner nice. um, to be putting out stuff, but I hope to, you know, update the top country list every week yeah. um, of stuff that's coming out and, um, you know, add some more stuff here and there. But I mean, you know, if I were giving advice for country music, like don't try to take risks with country with new stuff. Cause it's <laughs> tough. Like, you right. know, trying to play a new record that just came out. That's still not even trending on TikTok is tough enough. Like, but if you're playing a new country song, like it takes country a, a while to really hit like it's it's stride and be able to play it in an event like that where you're not just going to completely kill your dance floor if you're trying to play it you know right so like you versus the hip-hop music curators very different because the hip-hop music curator is going to get sent ten thousand songs, songs by friday yeah. you know and you're and they gonna gotta go through them and be like oh well i don't know right um, yeah. So Nelly's got a new one out uh, with Chris Lane. Uh, it nice. comes out Friday, um, okay. which will be last Friday when you listen to this. But right. um, it's called Birthday Girl. You should check it out. I, I I listen to it. I think it's pretty good. I think it could make some noise. But nice. you know, I want to any song about a birthday, yeah. especially Birthday Girl. I think you're, yeah. Uh, I think it's got the good name. It's got Nelly on it. Like it, it it sounds good. So um, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough that not a lot of country release releases are happening that are like super, super popular. So I yeah. can actually go through and listen to most of them and kind of just be like, I think this might pop off, but I'm going to, you know, put all the new releases out and have them on our new release um, section of the page. Um, but, you know, hopefully guys will, when they're looking for country, they'll be able to go and, you know, I, I'm going to make a, just a straight two step full two step playlist. Also yeah. that's like, cause people ask, can you play country? That's two step. And you're like, most people are like, two steps of genre, I guess, you know, like it's fast. People are going to spin. There's that's like, if that's the dance, it's like one, two, one, one, two, oh, okay. one, one, two, yeah, one. I would like, not know what to do. Yeah. Two stepping. So 
Um, interesting. And how did this all come about? You working with BeatSource and becoming the country curator? Um, so Nick Spinelli, actually, him and I are uh, pretty good friends. And he had been working with BeatSource, I think, for like a year now. And um, I think Kid Spin had mentioned to him that they were looking for a country curator if Nick knew anybody. And right. Nick's like, well, one of my boys, Nate Nelson's from Dallas. Like, he's that's that's Texas. You know, you don't get right. any more country than Texas. Yeah. Um, and so I interviewed with Kid and, and and Nick threw my name in the hat, and uh, we just got to chatting, and it was something that I was kind of very, you know, countries, and I don't want to be labeled as, like, a country DJ, you know? Like, yes, and so course. I was very hesitant at, at first talking to him about, like, if I go and it's just all beat sources country, and, I, like, I don't want people to think that I'm only a country DJ, although country's my roots. Like, right. I grew up in the country. I fish. I hunt. Like, but I also wear Jordans and, like, live the, live the DJ lifestyle. Right. Like, and I love EDM and hip-hop and trap, like, um, I'm not just strictly country, but, and yeah. that was something I told kid. I was like, I, you know, it's like, no, it's like, just, just, you know, a, a, a well-known name in the mobile industry. Uh, you know, that's what people tell me. I don't like to ever try to toot my own horn, but like, you know, um, we need someone that, you know, is, it understands it and knows it and can build it. And I don't know all of it. I just know that I know the roots and then I'm excited. I do like the new sound of country. I like Morgan Wallen. I like some of this like hip hoppy poppy yeah. country music and i think that you know our conversation earlier about tiktoks and trends and even with stems like stems right. coming out like people are going to be able to take some of these lyrics and put them over totally. Afrobeats or edm or house or whatever and just um the possibilities are endless and so i think that like country's bringing itself back and i think tiktok has a lot to do with it you know yeah so yeah i think so too and and like yeah we were saying earlier with the stems like Oh my God, you're going to be able to do some crazy stuff potentially. Yeah. Um, and so, so you mentioned you're a well-known name in the mobile industry, which you're trying not to toot your own horn, but <laughs> yeah. you are, uh, you, you do a lot of huge things. You've, you know, built up, uh, this big company and all these different things that you're doing that you were mentioning to me. And I'd love to learn more about it and share it with the audience. Um, you, uh, work for a company called LaForce and yeah. and LaForce Pro. Yep. And you're the director of talent, talent for LaForce. Yeah. Director of talent for LaForce. And then I'm a, a uh, I guess I do production sales and a project manage on some of our bigger production shows. Right. And basically you can do anything at all of these places. <laughs> yeah. You probably do do everything and yeah. anything, but I know those are your basic titles, but I guess, yeah. Can you break down kind of what you do there, what those companies are all about? And like, yeah. so, I mean, the, the 10,000 level view of LaForce is we really started as a DJ only company. Okay. 12 years ago, five DJs turned into, um, adding a couple here and there. And so I started training DJs, um, back in 2014, probably, I think, or 13, maybe Dominic, uh, Domnagella, he was my first assistant that I started training and brought into, you know, doing it. And it was one of those things. It's like, okay, Dom became successful. Now can I replicate that? What I did with Dom. And then I just started training guys over and over and over again, um, to where, we went from five or six DJs to now we have 30 on our roster and we're going to have, I've got five in class right now. I started with 10, but most classes when I start, you know, people will fall off or they can't handle it. The anxiety of like, Oh, I thought DJing was going to be fun, but I got to be in front of people. Like, especially in private events, like you got to, you got to MC, you got to know all those sides of things and they'll just kind of fall off or not um, hold up to their side of the bargain. Like for me, right. like you don't pay to go to my school. 
you're going to get paid a lot of money to go work for us. Like, you and, know. And, and when you say school and class, what do you mean? Like, are these people that already have a certain level of DJing under their belt? Or are they literally like, I so think I, I have could some, be a DJ. I have some. I, it's really hard to, like, I wouldn't say, like, I say, like, LaForce is a unicorn. Like, there's not another company like us in the country. Okay. Um, SE is probably the closest on the, like, boutique side, like, um, because they're, like, they have all talent names around them. So, like, LaForce, we have Dom Nigella, who's really highly known in Dallas. We have Justin the DJ, um, who, if you are on Instagram Reels or TikTok, you've probably seen him. Like, he's like all over the place. up on your Discover page. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Tony Pre. We have Mike Villa that came from Crate Hackers. I don't know if you know him. Um, he okay. moved to Dallas and joined our team. Um, we have a, a really good team, but we're also like building up talent. And so these guys come to us where they want to be a DJ or they may have a little bit of experience. Like I have one kid that um, has blown me away on the actual DJ side of things. And I'm okay. like, you've been DJing a lot. And he's like, just in my bedroom, you know? And I'm like, whatever you're watching on YouTube, whatever you're doing is like, you have it, you have that it factor. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to be a rock star. But basically like, I don't, it's hard to break bad habits like mm. people that come to me with bad habits it's hard to break so i like to try to get them as early as possible in their dj career and kind of mold them to put them on events and the events that we're doing are not like you're not going out to a nightclub and having to do all the, the crazy things like you need to be able to manage an event understand how the event's going to flow make basic announcements and just play great music and then just like anything if you want to succeed in this career you're going to go practice it you're going to it's like a guitar i can't yeah. i can show you how to play a guitar right. i can hand you the guitar and if you can do the chords it's going to be up to you to go actually play your instrument and figure out how to make your sound and make what you do great. Yeah. Um, so I give them the tools to do that. I show them all the the correct ways to do those things. And then I've been just successful of kind of really building a great roster and a great team of guys that we have this fun family oriented, you know, atmosphere. We're always trying to do different new cool things with them as like a team. Um, we had the, the Texas State Fair, which everything in Texas is bigger. So, like, yes. our State Fair is huge. We had, like, 2.5 million people go through the gates in 24 days. Oh God. Um, but their, their midway, their rides, all the lights and all the things are crazy. Yeah. And so I'm like, I got to get lifestyle and headshots for all these guys, right? Oh, yeah. Let's take them to the fair. And we'll we'll buy them drinks. We'll go ride rides, and we'll just me and Justin will take cameras and just start shooting like shots of them playing games. We'll go buy a bunch of tokens and say, "Here, you guys go play these games." And we're just shooting shots and just trying to get content and capture media. Um, and so it just turned out great, and right. everybody loved it, and their photos turned out great. And yeah. then, you know, people are like hitting me up, going, "That's one of the coolest ideas I've ever heard." Like you took your trainees out to the fair and had a blast with them. Everybody's drinking, having fun. Um, and we got some amazing photos from that, that, that clients are going to be able to look back and go, Oh, they're having fun here. That's like a nightlife shot or whatever. Um, right. so like the idea is like, I'm a creative, I feel like I like to visualize things and I like to see them come to life. Like, and that's what I love about building production events for people. When I build stages or lighting designs or video wall designs, or even, I don't even know how I got here. like, honestly, <laughs> like, you know, like there's so yeah. many things like I've done, um, just from being a DJ and someone calling and asking about an event, can you do this? And like, oh, I see you guys have lights too. Yeah, we have lights. We have video walls. We can do all these things. And then the events just turn out to be like, oh, you're going to spend, you know, 5K for a DJ. And then, oh, but we're going to spend $20,000 on something else. And then the events just became bigger. Right. And uh, a good mentor of mine told me one time, like, sell anything, even if you don't know how the hell to do it, and then figure it the fuck out. Like, <laughs> It's, it's true. Know? I do that all the time. I mean, I'll kind of just agree to something hang up the phone and go what the hell did i just say i would do i don't know how to do this yeah. you know and then next thing i know 
I'm figuring out how to do it. Yeah, you know? I mean, that was the whole pandemic. YouTube, you know? Yeah, exactly. Throwing virtual events, doing things, doing green screens, learning Twitch, doing, yeah. and, and and any any gig I do too. Like, um, I. Like, I love when they challenge me with new music or things I don't know or whatever it is because I'll, of course, come off very confident. Like, of course, yeah, I do that all the time. And then I'm like, never done this before. Yeah. And But to me, it's a learning experience. It's fun. It's challenging. challenging. Like, if you're I not being in, challenged, what are you doing? Totally. And then you're when I go do it, control. yes, it's high stress and high pressure, but you make it through. And then in the end, you're like, okay, now I'm confident. I jumped in that cold pool. I, I got out. I'm alive. Right. And now I got this dope set of this kind of music with these kind of people. I have that under my belt and in my repertoire, you know, and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good... Uh, philosophy is to just say yes you can make it happen we're human beings somehow someone built this building things are possible yeah you can do it exactly so you might have to call on people for help and don't be afraid to do that too but um yeah that that's that's incredible it's fun it's fun seeing that stuff come to life like i had a client two weeks ago asked me like hey uh we have our ceo in madrid spain and we want to have a full-on q a with the guys that are on stage here in dallas with him on stage Right. We want the CEO to be able to see them. We want to see. We want them to be able to see the CEO. Yeah. We put a TV on stage. We had cameras all around the room. I used all my cool tech stuff to run those cameras into the Zoom call. Right. So the CEO is looking at the Zoom picture of them on stage talking through our mics that are running through my boards and all these things, and they're full on having a conversation on stage with the TV. And the guys there talking back to him, like crazy. It's crazy the technology and the things that we can do. But yeah, you know, that was the thing. Like the client said, "Can you do this?" And I said, "Yeah." And then I'm like, "Okay, now I got to figure it out." Yeah, How do that, I do oh, it? that happened to me with the Zoomies, like that company Zoomies. They wanted to do a, uh, you know, um, a virtual event, and they're like, "But we want to have our top two top salespeople be the host with you on camera the whole time, and then we also need to bring like there were so many elements." And so I was like, "Of course, I do that all the time." And then I'm like, I don't know how the hell to do this. I'm calling Josh Carl, like different yeah. DJs that are technical and, and know things are helping me because I'm like taking Zoom and Mix Emergency and then I'm running Zoom through a loop thing in two different computers and, and running and then into like, OBS. And, and then, then we can see screen. Discord and then, yeah, we have the Zoom in the back with them and then I have them coming through OBS on the screen and then they can hear and see and I can see. It was like yeah. nuts. And I kept having to practice it, but it all worked out. And then Zoomies is like, that was amazing. Thank you. And even some of the Twitch people are like, how you do that? I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, you know. What was your favorite thing? Like for me, the and during the pandemic, like Twitch was my favorite thing. Are you still streaming on Twitch? No, I want to. I keep. Uh, I just like kind of was resetting my room back up. I'm like, I gotta get back on. I there's so many things I want to do on Twitch. With I want to bring this show on there. I want to do all these other shows. But no, I haven't been on for at least I don't know months. It's probably been a the, year for me. Yeah, it's been. But I, I was doing three days a week. Like really, for a long I was time. doing once a week, and that was hard enough. And then I, um, and then maybe like a boom bap Mondays or something yeah. if someone asked me. But uh, no, I haven't done it since earlier this year. But also, fun. we it were way more shut down than you guys. Like, yeah, true. The first three months of this year, I mean, every gig I had got canceled. I mean, this year, like twenty twenty two. I mean, I had, I had some of the biggest gigs ever booked all January. Like, it was. You know, all gone. You know, CES, Sundance Film Festival, every award show, Grammys, every single thing. January, February. And then I think when Super Bowl came and they threatened to move it from here to Vegas. And then they didn't. And then everybody kind of just like pushed through and had these parties here. And people were weird about it because we were still all like masked up. And I saw a lady today walking down the street wearing a mask outside. Yeah. Well, people still wear them a lot here. I mean, I don't mind. Like... I, 
I think it's it's kind of nice that it's gotten to a point where people can wear it or not, and it doesn't right. matter. You know, like respect either way. <laughs> but do um, you think like? And I, I I know you talked about this on your podcast last week. Like, do you think that like you've only had COVID once? Yeah. Do you think that that like affects you later on? Like, if someone like me has had it all three all three versions of it, <laughs> I've had it and I'm still living and everything's still great. Like, right? Do you think that that like affects the like all of Californians like that have, I feel like y'all were very cautious about it. And like in Texas, we were like, who gives a fuck? We got oh, guns. I, Let's go. Yeah. You know, no, I like, know. I know. Trust me. I had I, Danny West on the show to, to kind of like talk about it. Um, I probably shouldn't have said fuck. Cause that would have been like a great cut for like Instagram. <laughs> no, we just put a little beep. <laughs> beep. We, we, we put a beep sound. They're not going to know what you said. No. I mean, I think, I think it doesn't, I think it doesn't matter. I mean, I think at yeah. the end of the day, it's, Everybody can respect each other's choices sure. and what's going on. And the mask thing, I think, to me, a lot of the time was hopefully is just to like, I feel like if someone's wearing a mask, if they want to protect themselves, go for it. Uh, and if they're doing it to protect maybe us. protect they other people and they don't feel good, then right. yo, thank you. Like mad props to you. And that's where it comes from. Like when I used to go to Asia and I would see everyone wearing the mask, I'm like, what's going on here? But they were like, oh, it's more of like a thing of respect. They don't feel good. And they're just not, they don't want to get everyone sick. I think that's what it is. And I think Americans just have a harder time of like, cause we like looking each other in the face and being like, are they smiling? Are they nice? Are they mean? Are they racist? Are they not? Like everybody's judging each other so hard yeah. here. And in other countries, they're more just like, Hey, what's up? You know, or maybe in, you know, yeah. where they wear a mask. But, um, that yeah. was the worst part about masks. Cause like I'd smile at people and I'd be yeah, like, they can't no see, they can't see that I'm smiling back. But at I them. think people, you know, like one of my best friends, he still hasn't gotten it, you know? So we went out the other night, we saw Adam Sandler. I mean, he wore a mask in the thing. I was like, you're going to get it dude eventually. But, yeah. um, but like, um, and then Adam Sandler comes out and he's like, Hey guys, just getting over COVID, you know? And I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be great. If we go all, you go for three years without getting it, you come to the Adam Sandler show and, and you then get you get it from, it from Adam him. Sandler. <laughs> he's like, then it'll be worth it. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But I mean, I think some people are just, you know, everyone has different thing. I also think it's almost like a video game where if you made it this far without getting it, anyone I know that you has have a high it, score. Yeah. They're like <laughs> trying to just like push it to the limit or I'm like, you're going to just get it, you know, but also they're worried about long-term things and you don't know. And yeah. I don't know, whatever. Look, it's, we've, we made it through. We're yeah, here. We're here. So, um, For sure. But just like I was saying, I'm, well, you know, only reason we're talking about that is that here it was so different there was no you know it was like like i was saying it was all shut down like because i'm talking to people and like oh shit's still messed up and i'm like think about it. it's 2022 the first three months of my life were canceled this year so i'm happy just to be back working even if it's not yeah. full normal yet for me it's still even weird so you um, were on twitch for probably like what a year and a half um, so yeah, I was doing Twitch earlier this year. I, I got on like right away. Like I was one of the b yeah. very beginning people. And then, um, yeah, I think I did a, I was very dedicated for like a year, um, and, or maybe a little more than a year, but I mean, doing this podcast too and all that, it just stacks up. I'm a dad as well. Yep. We got school, we had homeschool and then we had outside of school. My son is super athletic. So we're doing endless sports. Let me ask you this. Do you <laughs> feel like teachers should get paid more money after, after having the COVID years of I mean, yes, being home with yes, kids yes, and teaching them? It was, I mean, yeah. And I mean, just the way they were dealing with it on zoom was pretty incredible. Yeah. I was like, damn, how are you doing this? Um, but yes, teachers do a lot. Mad respect. Yeah. I just wanted to shout out my wife for that because she is in education and, yes. um, you know, I told kid that I would talk about my wife as well because, 
you know, she is even a more country buff than me. Like, really? And so there was a lot of times on the input, like she, her idea was for my Let's Go Girls playlist. Like, you should make one that's all the the best females of country that's music. That's the truth, though. And I mean, I'm like, we're you're DJing right, babe, for the ladies. You know, you know that's and, what we're doing. You know, yeah. for me, the first thing that pops in my head, Shania Twain. But she's like, no, you need this, this, this. And she's she's helped me build a lot of those things. Yeah. And so, you know, behind every good man, there's a great woman. So behind every that. great DJ is a great woman as for well. Sure. Because they give you that female, you know, uh, insight into yeah. a lot of it. My wife will be like, no, don't play that. And, you know, they, they tell you that that's that's why a lot of women DJs are incredible. You know, is what I try yeah. to tell because they're tapped in with their own. You know, people. For sure. When there's women on the dance floor, there's men on the dance right. floor. Right. Exactly. And they 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 can make that happen. Yeah. So I, sure. I agree. That's that's amazing. Um, well, so so LaForce, you know, you've got the two different sides of it. Um, you're that's interesting that you're that you almost have like a DJ school for it. Yeah. That you we try to do it. Three times a year, if not, it, most of the time we're doing it two times a year. Okay. Once in the fall, once in the spring. So um, these guys will finish. They have three weeks left. Of, we have class on Tuesday nights. We typically do a 10-week class, syllabus out each week. They know wow. exactly what they're going to be doing with homework on the side. Uh, we recently implemented a program called The Blueprint, um, which is like a video course for like basics, like how to sync microphones, how to plug in all your stuff. Right. And then he has a beat mixing boot camp as well. That's pretty good. I've actually gone along with the class this year because this is the first year we've implemented it. And he did a really good job of like teaching basics of even like, you know, beat gritting your stuff down and understanding your music and, and then every button on a controller. He like yeah. goes over the functionality. Like, you know, most techie people, we're going to we're going to touch the buttons to see what it does and figure yeah. it all out. Like he broke it all down for them, um, which has been cool. And so um, that stuff, I really don't have like it's, it's a lot of work to train five, six, seven DJs, you yeah. know, while I'm doing 30 events during that time, while I'm producing big events and selling and also being a dad and a husband yeah. wow. and trying to sleep whenever. <laughs> trying know. to sleep is the hardest part. <laughs> and playing Call of Duty, you know, like you got to have that time. <laughs> got to get do that on Twitch. Um, oh, okay. That's, that's crazy. So, and then do these DJs go on like a salary or do they just get paid per gig? Uh, so we have, um, we actually... We um, we have a 401k program and medical benefits as well. Um, for each for, DJ? Not for each DJ. They have to hit a certain threshold. Okay. So um, Glenn, the owner, shout out to Glenn. He's one of the smartest dudes I know in like – um, he was an accountant. I think he has two degrees and one accounting, one in like business or finance or one of the two. I think it's finance. Mm -hmm. So he's a numbers dude. He's always breaking down the numbers uh, and just – kind of trying to figure out the next step. And he's always told me, like, I don't want to be the face of the company. I want to be the guy behind the scenes that's making all this crazy wizard stuff happen. Right. And he's kind of just let me run on the creative side. And yeah. so that's been amazing. Um, but these guys, um, if they work a certain amount of events, they would be considered a full-time, and they're all, you know, employees. They get W-2s. And then wow. we have some that don't work that amount of events that are contractors. And it's their choice if they want to do the insurance and the benefits and stuff like that. Um, and but, if they do do that, are you like, you just 
have to do this many events a year. They got to work. That we tell you, yeah, they have to work a certain amount of uh, events or hours a week. So we have full. We have like sixteen full time employees that are working. Two sales girls, uh, production manager, and we have like five guys that work on production events. We have two warehouse. We have a warehouse manager and a warehouse assistant. Um, and then we have a COO and a HR manager now, like wow. we just hired HR this year. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Like, it's just like, we're a real company now, you know, right. like, um, for years we were doing it as just figuring it out as we go. Um, yeah. just like, just like selling, you know, you yeah. figure it out as you go. Right. Um, and it's kind of just, it's been amazing to see the growth. We were talking about that the other night. Um, we were hanging out one of our, one of our guys that was vital in our production team moved to, Oregon to work for Intel and he's like wanted to be in robotics super crazy smart dude always was the Mr. Fix-It MacGyver guy on our team right uh, and he got a job working for Intel so we moved to Oregon and um, he was in town last weekend Halloween same time you were and so we were just chatting about like man seven years ago or 10 years ago I was working in a storage unit that had a little office about the size of this office connected to a storage unit Wow. and my desk was a KW181 speaker. Like, I had a sub that I put my laptop on Amazing. when we were selling stuff. And then now it's like 10,000 square foot building. We have another storage facility. Wow. Like, and is it primarily events, like private events, especially? Yeah. Events? So we do, I would say the majority of our wedding business or the majority of our DJ business is weddings. Uh, definitely this time of year, we're getting a lot of holiday events. Um, we've been doing a lot more. Um, on the production side, concerts and stuff like that. I produced um, Eli Young Band for the Texas OU weekend in Dallas, which is a huge weekend for us. So, like, Texas University is in Austin. Oklahoma University is in Norman, Oklahoma. It's called the Red River Rivalry. So they meet in Dallas and play in Dallas every year for their okay. college football game. Right. And so we got hired to do this uh, three-day uh, event. We brought in a stage and did a country act on Friday night before the game. Saturday was the game, and then we had um, a couple of guys come play. Uh, we had, you know, Shift from Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, so he was there. He played. He was like the daytime guy during the nice. game. So he played stuff, and then Loud Luxury played. Oh, and then cool. the owner of the bar, you may know this guy. Um, his name's Matt. And he works for um, uh, Harwood International, but he's like the okay. CEO of Harwood. But he was in Vegas for years. Okay. Uh, and so he brought out those guys. Um, and then he was like, I need a DJ to play after Loud Luxury for an hour. And I was like, you got one? He was, I was like, because I'm running the show. I got the timelines. My guys are nowhere to do stuff, cameras. And he was like, no. I was like, I'll play. He's like, you're on. I was like, sick. So, like, Loud Luxury walked off stage, and I walked on. And I was like, okay, that kind of worked out. I produced this amazing event, and I'm going to get to play. How dope. So it was nice sick. way to end it. Yeah, it was fun. It was That's great. That's great. So, so cool. You How, never know. Like, just yeah. Uh, one minute I'm giving guy directions on his uh, camera angles. The next minute I'm like, turn your volume up, like bring those lights down. And then the next thing I'm on stage playing, like, right. It just shows the many hats that I wear and um, I'm passionate about it. I love to see things come to life again. Like I said, and um, anything I can do to just make something amazing is right. It's humbling. It's, it's awesome. Like, it's like sometimes I'm like, damn, we did that. Or I did that. You <laughs> yeah. Know, like, that's that's so cool. What, so. what, and where does most of the, does most of the business come from the salespeople or from word of mouth or the I internet mean, or just yeah, all just of like, it? I think on the production side, we have a lot of venues with great relationships and we've always, you know, there's a ton of production companies out there that these guys are just getting overworked, underpaid, and yeah. they're not happy on site. Like right, and they don't our do thing's always been customer service. Like yeah. we're going to, we're learning the, the real big tech side of hanging line arrays on SL, 
you know, 260 stages and doing the light stuff. Like we don't understand all that stuff yet, but there is people that do. And there's yeah. people that we know and we lean on our networks and we take care of our clients and we make sure that we'll do anything and bend over backwards. I think that's the difference. Like if you put your, what you care about into it and you give it everything you got, like that's what matters. And people see that and they yeah. notice it, you know? Right. Um, but most of the wedding business comes from, we were at this, like my personal weddings, like we were at so-and-so's wedding. We have right. to have you like, we're looking, we're going to book our date around you. Like, okay, right. cool. I'm available. This, this, this. Um, and I'm, I raised my rates again this year just to kind of step back, make the same amount of money DJing, but do less events, you know, just yeah. cause I mean, doing 120 events in a year and trying to do all the other things is just, do you have a spe like, it's always so hard when people hit you like, oh, what's your rate for this event? Like, do you just have a specific number now that you I do give? for Saturday? Yeah. Like if you're going to take my Saturday, no matter what it is, if it's two hours for an after party or if it's eight hours doing an entire wedding ceremony, cocktail, everything like that's going to be my rate. Like, because, and that's bringing all the equipment and yeah. all the stuff. Like you're like, it's this much yeah. and that's it for sure. That makes sense. It, then you know you can say yes or no and not have to sit and think yeah. forever. I mean, I have an assistant that works with me every event, no matter what, knows okay. my system, right. um, everything. I have a trailer that all my g mobile gear stays in. It's all tight. I can set it up in 35 minutes tops and then add some lights and be good to go. So right. um, I'm not – it's not it, – it, it's part of the job for me. I do like the backpack gigs. I do like, you know, just taking my turntables in and not having to worry about anything else. Right. Um, but, you know, there is always uh, doing this. And I, I want to travel more. I want to do a lot more destination stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you're on your way to doing whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I know um, you sort of alluded to it a little bit that, like, you're not just the DJ. I mean, you, you were describing some of the stuff you did, and I saw you do this crazy Instagram post where you're like, my job description should read making cool shit happen. Yeah. And you posted this crazy picture of, like, so many screens, screens. and <laughs> things, and it was kind of like what you were just describing. I mean, like, is there any – I know you just described it a bit, but is there any more detail into, like – the making cool shit happen job, like any other things that you're, yeah, I would doing say my, in there? if if um if you ask my team members that I'm barking to, they probably don't think that it's like making cool shit happen. <laughs> but I'm like, I understand that it's hard to be perfect, right? You know, it's it's you you can't be perfect, but I I strive for as close to perfection right. as possible. But you guys are like making these live streams, yeah. like yeah, you're mentioning where. The pandemic led to Twitch, you learning all this stuff, something and probably that you never did. To, it that led, led to, to now someone you're doing calling and go, Can you guys do live streaming? Yes. Exactly. And that one live streaming event turned in that was like a sixty thousand dollar job for us. Okay. And then year two, which would be this year, turned into like a three hundred thousand dollar job for and, us. And and what does that entail? You mean you're coming to the event and live streaming it out to the world. That's why yeah. they're paying so, so much money. Live streaming it, recording it, but not only that, like that was just the gateway drug, if you will, to everything else that's in our warehouse. The Video walls. cameras, your black uh, magic. Yeah, uh, like that's video not world. that's not it. That's like trussing mover, like motors to raise the trussing. Um, we we had a two hundred thousand dollar soundboard that we brought in for that. We had wow. up to eight mics on stage at one time. We produced Rick Ross, Paul Wall, Mike Jones, and Twista on that event. Like wow, there, okay. that was the Friday night. It was a three day show. Um, we did stage. We did Cold Sparks. We did Cryo. We did, um, you know, everything you could think of. We produced the entire show, and I had to route. Um, video walls that we hung from the ceiling and also the in-house arena video walls all through my switcher, which I first time figuring out how to route all the systems. So that photo, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's like yeah. nine screens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, that's I put it in my, my iPad that's right next to that. That is, that is what... <laughs> 
controls all of it. I could sit back and control everything on my iPad. Right. And I learned that from watching YouTube. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Thank you, YouTube. Yes, thank you, YouTube. You, We should be paying YouTube for, like, college credits. but Well, we are. We're watching commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true, true. We watch the ads. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Wow. And um, and what about, like, um, how do you – well, so you talked about having your assistant. You talked about having the people under you um, and, like, sort of trusting them. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, how do you get to the point where you fully trust these people? It's hard. Very hard. I have not got a phone. Well, I say I haven't. My watch would have rang. My phone's not in the room. But I have two big events. One install for a two-day show going on right now. But I have another show that it's already started in Texas. No one's called me. And it was like I was the event manager on it. I did all the the calls. (laughs) We did a Zoom meeting with everybody that was on our event yesterday. And I think preparation, if you prepare with anything, if you prepare to walk into an event – and know at least a little bit, like if you're playing a club, you're researching the club and what type of demographic comes to the club and what the club owners want and who's going to get bottle service, those things. Right. You go to a wedding, you prep for that wedding. Now you can go be the best version of yourself possible. Yeah. Right? And so if you prep to walk yeah. into an event, I am stress-free knowing that I did my job. Every single person on my team that went today knew exactly what they were doing when they got there, what they were unloading off the truck, where it's going and how yeah. to set it up. Right. Um that's part of the trust factor is I have to trust myself to give them the information. And if I give them the information correctly, I under, I know that because I am so passionate about the overall vision and the fi- finished product that they know, like they're going to send me photos and yeah. then they're going to hear from me if the photos don't are not what I want them to be. Like that's a me trusting myself to give them the information and then trusting them to go execute it, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause I can't be, in 10,000 places at once. No. Even on a Saturday when I have a big show, like I'm going to be DJing somewhere and they're going to be producing events. Right. So. And as DJs, we know that the best thing is when someone actually trusts us and we do our best and it actually works out. Yeah. So hopefully the people you're bringing on have For the sure. same uh, vision, I guess, yeah. and are on the same page. I've got great team leaders. We have the best team we've ever had. Like Jake and, and Steven, those guys – uh, and James, they're out crushing it every day, and, nice. and they're doing it. And they do the, the majority of the grunt work. I just manage the clients, and, and then, you know, when it's big shows, I'm I'm out there trying to outwork them because I feel like attitude reflects leadership, and then if you're outworking everybody on the team, then that's going to push everybody else to work harder, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, so. yeah, 100%. You said lead by example. Yeah, for sure. And just, I mean, well, you, you seem like someone that – Gives everything more than 100%, you know, and you want to be... Don't, I don't have, a like, a low gear. Like, I'm yeah. always 110. Like, right. Uh, even how you just said, oh, if they want to hire me for two hours or eight hours. Like, you know, like, yeah. you're like, damn, you, you know, that's a lot long gig to do. Yeah. But, I mean... Well, you, I mean, you, like, set up and... Like, no, I know what you 10, mean. I know 12-hour days that I'm just I'm saying doing, that you, know? you are not a... You're going to give it your all. And, yeah. like, you seem like the kind of person that's not going to half-ass yeah. anything no matter what. I don't ever. Yes. Uh, uh, which is amazing. And I think that's probably why you're constantly successful. And Thanks. it seems like you apply that to your life. I know that you've had, like this weight loss journey. Um, and I actually didn't, I I heard you talking about it a bit more, um, that this has been going on for a few years now, right? Yeah. So in 2018, I weighed 405 pounds. Damn. That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. 
We can drop that sound bite. Damn! <laughs> Blat out! <laughs> yeah. Um, and today I weigh 275. So Wow, that's yeah, huge. So okay. We're like 130 pounds over the last few years. Um, I dropped a lot of weight um, in 2019 right before the pandemic. Yeah. I dropped over 100 pounds and did it all just dieting only. Dieting, walking, running. Wow. Um, and then... Just like everybody during COVID, I kind of ate too many uh, cartons of ice cream and brownies <laughs> yeah, and, understandable. Uh, you know, smoke too much weed and then you eat too much because it's yes. just like, oh, what are we going to do? I don't have to go anywhere today. Um, I get to get on Twitch and play music. Cool. Yes. Um, so everybody gained weight and then I gained a lot of it back. And I've, I've always known that like, um, you know, doing all the things that I do stress eating was like my my coping mechanism and so i've really had a lot of i've worked on that a lot on my diet i'm very self-disciplined on the things that i can put in and out of my body um and then this time the last time i went through 75 hard which is a very hard program 75 straight days um two workouts a day gallon of water no alcohol stick to a diet uh read 10 pages of a book and take a selfie picture every day oh my god uh, and i finished it the first time i did it and then i i tried to lead a group this time and i, I had about eight people that were going to do it with me and the people that really wanted me to do it uh failed already and so i was like <laughs> i was on a road trip with my family and i was like we we're in the car 10 hours and i hadn't done either workout i was like yeah I'm not going to make it today. Otherwise, I'm going to bed at 5 a.m. And we got to go to Graceland at 9 a.m. I'm not doing that tonight. So I failed. But I'm still sticking to my diet and drinking my water and doing those things. And um, October was a crazy hard month for me to even try to do it. Like, you know, working right. every other day, if not... You know, one of my DJs said something to me two days ago. He's like, man, I feel like I'm I'm in my best stride. I'm oh, My music's great right now. I was like, you're DJing every other day. Like, yeah. there's a reason. Like, if you're right. playing in September, no, like other months when you play you know, Friday, Saturday, and then have four or five days off and you play Friday, Saturday again, like you play a lot, but like you're playing like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're, like you have two days off, three days off, and then you're back at it again, doing yeah. it every single day. Like that's, that's called practice. You know, like you're playing and you're understanding your tools and you're going to hit your strides. Like keep doing that, play at home. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. That That's incredible. Well, congrats Thank and, you. uh, props. And I know it's Thank an endless you. journey, yeah, but, uh, it is. that's incredible. It's inspirational. Yeah. Um, and how did you even get into DJing, you know, growing up in Oklahoma or, or, or being born in Oklahoma and growing up in Dallas? Yeah. How did that start? I bet you've heard a story like this before. Like, uh, <laughs> I was, I was in college and my <laughs> friends started getting married. No, um, I actually was a drummer in high school. I played the drums. I started playing drums at the age of five. Uh, my dad wow. was in music, and I played drums in a band, a uh, Christian rock band, from, like, sixth grade till uh, I was a sophomore in college. Um, and then the band kind of broke up because I went to college in Dallas, and they were still in Oklahoma. Right. And it was just really hard with schedules. Yeah. They had a guy filling in for me, So and then he was a way better drummer than me, and it kind of oh, was like, oh. <laughs> and then the band just broke up after I left anyways. But um, Damn. it was all good on that side of things. But then I went to a different college um, because this was like my first time away from family, yeah. and uh, I had no supervision, and I was a goody-good until college, and then um, my grades were awful, and so my dad made me move to a college that was close to his house, and so I went there, and I was sitting in the advisor's office, and he's like reading off electives, and he said radio production, and I said, ooh, I like to talk. <laughs> you know, I like music, you yeah. know, and so I, I took radio production, and then I got actually hired by the radio station, so I did radio for three years, and I was doing uh, like a Wednesday, I remember, it was like a Wednesday night 
and I was had the late night shift, and these middle school girls kept calling, "Can you teach our dance? Can you teach our dance?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, have a teacher, or an adult, or somebody call me. I'm not gonna tell you like twelve year olds that I can come DJ your dance." <laughs> Uh, and so they did. They called me, and I literally, um, I knew I had a sound system because I played in a band. I had some Mackie 750 like thumps, and then I didn't have subs, but I had a 16 channel Mackie board from my band because my dad's a dentist, so I had the money in the band, so I bought all the gear, <laughs> and so I had a microphone, and then I had all these rip CDs, and I took like a Discman, and this was in 2004 probably. So I had a Discman and then like a rack mount CD player. And I was like, had them on channel one and channel two. And I was just CD to CD back and forth. And I played that middle school dance and like get it. The feeling of, you know, the feeling of people dancing and like yeah. screaming to the next song you play was like a euphoric drug. And I was just like, this is great. And I was hooked from that point. Um, I started every dollar I made like working. I just started saving it to buy turntables. And I had like the Den and DN 100s, like the first CDJs, the small ones that look like CDs on the top. Right. I bought that uh, and then just went full on in. And I still, in my office, in my house, have a, a flyer of like from KSSU Power 92, DJ Nate Nelson, like the first event I ever DJed. I have that like framed in my office at my house. Amazing. So 2004 is crazy. That's so cool. Were there any specific DJs that inspired you coming up? Um, I was always a huge fan of, um, like for me being on the mobile side, I didn't really understand the whole world side of it until I moved to Texas. So right. I had moved back to uh, Oklahoma after college for a few years. And that's where I met my wife and my wife was from Dallas. So, oh, okay. so she's the reason we moved back because teachers don't make shit in Oklahoma. They make good money decent money in Texas. So we moved back for that. And I was just like, how am I going to DJ in, in Dallas? Like yeah. I'm coming from a small town, Oklahoma, where I was playing at one bar every night of the week in a college town. Right. Like I was Monday nights here, Tuesday nights here, whatever. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to Dallas. Like there's 9 million DJs. Um, so I got a gig where a DJ in at one bar and I was there Friday and Saturday. And then I met Glenn, the owner of La Force as he was starting it. Um, I went to prom with his wife. You were like the date? Yeah, we went to prom together multiple times, but I was <laughs> wow. goody good in high school. So like we never really did like she was just a friend that I met at you church just camp. Went and danced. She yeah. was way okay. hotter than me. And I you know, I tell him this today, and like he knows this story. That's like incredible. And so I had messaged her on Facebook, like, Hey, I see your husband's a DJ and has a DJ company and she's like, Yeah, you guys should meet and I was like, Great. So I met with him one day and like from that day on we've been just like best friends, clicked. I started I <laughs> Siri's paying attention. Um, <laughs> Your watch is yeah. getting in on the story. And so, like, That's I met him, and then, like, uh, two weeks later after I met him, I was doing an event for him, and then wow. I became, like, his, you know, right-hand man, number two, doing all the things for him, and uh, it's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. And so the, the question was, did I have any people that I admired? So oh, yeah. the first <laughs> year <forgot>. in, like, <laughs> 2014, he took me to Mobile Beat in Vegas, and so okay. Jason J and I was, like, the guy, right? And so okay. I'm like... I want to be like Jason Chan. I, yeah. And I think I called him Jason Janey the first time I ever met him. I think and I did too. Yeah. You know, I love him. It's a He's hard name dude. to say, but like I idolized him and then I became really good friends with him. And then like I right. played shows with him and, um, you know, he had put me on to like vice, vice baby, like vice's mix. And so then like vice was my next, like, okay. And then we'd been to Vegas so many times and, you know, I saw him play at marquee and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm just like, I want, you know, I want to do that one day. Um, and you know, those two guys were definitely inspirations to me right. as far as like just style. Like, um, I loved AM, you know, I was, I, I wasn't really put on to AM until probably like seven years ago. Like I really right. just 
wasn't deep into the DJ culture enough to know it. And then I think Nick Spinelli or somebody was the first one, or Dom, one of my guys, was the first one to show me some of his stuff. And I was just crazy. Like, I, in a way, sick, like take for know? granted. That I feel like everybody just knew about him, or yeah, you know. But it's been so long since he's passed away, yeah. even, and some people don't know as much, you know. Yeah. So it's just crazy to know that like AM was doing stuff that like I do at weddings now, but like in Vegas and yeah. at Hollywood parties totally. and like going from, you know. Like I go from turn down to what for Dancing Queen now, like as it drops, you know, he goes right into the, yeah. you know, like they, he was doing stuff like that. Like he, he pretty much set the bar for us to like be able to be open format. Yeah. Like, I don't think open format was a word until AM, you know? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It <laughs> definitely wasn't a word. Yeah. It was just a DJ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a all genre DJ for or sure. something. I don't know what yeah. it was even called. But. So those guys definitely sculpted me like just as, um, you know, listening to their mixes on Mixcloud and SoundCloud and all those right. things, like just figuring out how to do it and then just practicing it and learning it. And I, I spent a lot of time. I did a mix a mix once a week for like two years straight just to wow. try to get better. And you can see the difference, you know, over yeah. that time just because you're working on it. And um, it was crazy. I did Wake Up Wednesday, 150 episodes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amaz- That's the Twitch show or no? No, that was just my Mixcloud. I oh. did it on Mixcloud. Amazing. Uh, I think it was 150 of them. Wake up Wednesdays, and I did it. I put it out on Tuesday night at like three in the morning, so when people woke up, they could listen to that. Oh, that's show so every cool! Week. Yeah, wow, so. huge. What um have you had any um like insane story, like high stress situations with these events where you just like I don't know something crazy somebody happened? Asked me, or? Somebody asked me. Uh, actually, I was playing golf yesterday, and uh, there's a florist. His wife is the florist, and he works. He like him and her own the company and mm-hmm. I work with them a lot. They're a really high end, super awesome couple. Um, do floral in Dallas. And we were playing golf yesterday and he's like, what's your craziest wedding story? And I had a, a best, a best man that was giving a speech that was a army beret. So he's like full on decked out, had a sword <laughs> hammered, um, hammered with yeah, a I think sword. You should take the sword away. <laughs> like once you get to a certain point, but he right. was hammered and yeah. we're doing toasts and the bride had already warned me that he liked to, to talk and like, can you get the Oscar walk-off song and play it? Like, you know, wrap it up, wrap it up. She tells me this. And so I'm like, yeah, great. So I grab it and she like, he's, but he, the thing is, is he's killing it. Like everyone in the crowd's laughing. They're enjoying it. It's like one of those times where I'm like, yeah, "Yeah," but she's like, and I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And that's the bride bride. saying that. Yeah. She looks back at me. She's like, he's done. And I'm like, no. So I waited for him to like, like this once in a lifetime. Yeah, He's great. He's killing it. And like, everyone's laughing. He's got a sword. He's going to cut all the cables. He's going to cut my head off. (laughs) Um, and so he's, but it was, he was doing so well. The crowd was really into it. It wasn't one of those best man speeches where you're just like, like, wrap it up. Like he was doing well. And so I waited, he told this other joke, everybody laughs. And then I cut his mic and then I start playing music a little bit low. And I'm like, all right, Justin and Jessica are going to head over and cut the cake and he's like looking at me like what the fuck man what the fuck and i'm like we got to cut the cake and he's like i'll fucking cut the cake pulls his sword out and goes wham right through the cake and cake just explodes bro all over the bride's dress all over the planner all over the photographer cake goes everywhere yo and i'm like you know i still have that oscar music going but everybody's looking what was his face like he's just fucking raged out mad he didn't even care yeah he's like i've killed people before like it's his wedding no he's the best man oh the guy that did this was the best man (laughs) i thought it was his. no and so he's giving the best man toast and i'm just like i don't know what to do what is the bride the groom doing you know what i did 
What I just played the Cupid Shuffle and just turned it up real loud <laughs> and just was like, I got to go talk to the planner. I need a five-minute song that people will just Yo. go dance to. Like, I had no idea what to what do. What was the bride and groom's face oh, like? Oh, she was furious. She was crying. She was, you motherfucker, like screaming at him. I was like, I got to play music as loud as I can. <laughs> What's the groom doing? Like, sorry, <laughs> babe, you know John. So this is, they, they started drinking before the ceremony. Oh they had guests God. arrive. 30 minutes before the ceremony for cocktail hour because this is in, like, this automotive museum, all these classic <laughs> cars. Then they go and do the ceremony, and everybody has champagne in the ceremony. And then they come out and have cocktail hour. Then it's dinner, and so people are lit. Like, Oh, my God. And it was just like, I'll never forget that moment. Like, you can't write that shit. It happened. No. And sword I was just like, cake. okay. I didn't really oh. see the bride. So it wasn't group. that sharp. If it was a real sharp sword, it could have just, just sliced right through. through. It, right? Like, it was just like one of those plastic. It was like a bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It just exploded. The cake, like I think it was because he well, hit that, the top has that, tier. All that fondant stuff or whatever. It doesn't. Yeah. You can't chop through it. Very There's like good. a plastic level. Yeah. And he like hit it and it just. Oh. It went everywhere. It was. What about the person that made the cake? She was like, no. She was gone. They just drop. <laughs> they're dropping. They leave. Yeah, they drop and leave. Uh, but yeah, that was. That yeah. Was nuts. Okay, that's a good story. That was <laughs> crazy. Um, do you have any stories of maybe your own personal journey where like you? We're like, this isn't for me. I'm going to quit. But then, like, you came back. Has that ever been a thing or just kind of? Uh, no, I, I I get asked all the time if I ever was going to, like, go do it on my own. Okay. You know, since people are always like, yeah. You've well, been I, with LaForce so long. Uh, yeah, like, I did it by myself. And I realized that, A, I don't want to fucking deal with taxes. I don't want to deal with the business side of, like, finance like all right. the money side of shit i yes. don't have to worry about, like i have a girl that does my contracts right and we have a lawyer that works for our company that builds our and looks at our contracts and does those things i right. get to worry about being the best version of myself being a creative being able to go rock the parties yeah and then also being able to build cool shit and like all i gotta worry about is i know what my costs and margins are now but yeah. i don't do the paperwork on it right i just get to build it and have fun with it so that i would never leave that aspect and you know, it's just like it. I want to see where this goes. Like, right. I still feel like there's so much more that we have to accomplish. And yeah, I wouldn't well, you're walk building away from this some, empire yeah. with this guy. I wouldn't yeah. walk away from all this stuff that we built together. And um, and I love it. I love I love what I do. And it's right. It's the thrill of it. You know, like yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, what um, what what uh, what was I gonna say? The um, I mean, we've learned we've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, I think some other things that I just want to get into before we get out of here was you, you know, you're, you're into all this country shit. You grew up doing all these other things, but have you, you also been fishing or hunting? Have I been fishing or hunting? Yeah, that is, well, I grew up here okay. in Los Angeles, well, I mean, but there's ocean. I was going to say, we do have a lot of like people that are not from here, a lot of nature things. Like I yeah. would go hiking all the time and yes, we, and I would go, uh, you know, do some, watery things in marina del rey <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't call it fishing <laughs> i think <laughs> maybe go on a sail, sailboat for a minute no i'm not you know you already told me you're not like the sportsy guy right i'm not super into any of these yes i'm not good at that i've i've surfed i've done all of these things maybe a few times but I've, okay. none of them are my specialty um hunting never done okay. anything close to that um my sister became a farmer like over the pandemic like moved up to Ojai and bought a farm and became a farmer and 
that's the closest to like, what are you guys doing up here? Like you're killing the animal. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, I can't believe it. You know, and she is, she's a chef. So I've like, you know, seen a lot of like animals killing, you know, from the beginning to end. But, yeah. but no, I've never gone out okay. and like hunted. I've fished sometimes. My son was super interested in the fishing and I was like, okay, let's do this. So during the pandemic, that was like one of his birthday presents, got him this whole fishing trip up at this lake and and tried to get more into it and when we've gone to like Catalina and different places I've gone fishing with him and it's been fun to learn how to do it but yeah. I'm definitely not an expert you know I've got ho- hooks going in my fingers and stuff yeah that's, um, that's the worst yeah yeah but it's fun you know it, yeah. it's a cool thing I like it because of bonding thing with me and my son uh my dad never really wanted you know brought yeah. that into my life so um I uh yeah, I've been learning, you know. Yeah. On, we it's the it's crazy the things we do for our kids, right? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, that's his he's my whole life, you know. So, yeah. we're both DJ dads and uh yeah. you know, I love you. You have a what, a 10 and a 6-year-old? 11 and 7. 11 and 7. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got my son just turned 10 last week and um what, yeah, it's what was incredible. His birthday? Uh October 25th. Okay. My daughter turned 11 on September 29th. So, oh, nice. Yeah, not too far. Yeah, apart. so just about a year older. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's incredible. Do you know I love him? And does do he have a cell phone yet? No, he's been begging me for a cell phone. I got him a phone, but it's not connected to cell Wi-Fi. service. Yeah, so I got him yeah. an old phone with his own iCloud account that he can use on Wi-Fi only. But does it not like when you get a text from him, just be like, warm your heart? Oh, it's the best. I mean, yeah. I was in Dallas this weekend, and both nights, like I'm, I just got on, and he's like, "Love you, Dad. Good night." And I'm like, "Okay, this is the yeah, nice part of cool. him." I got phone. my daughter a phone for her 11th birthday. And yeah. My wife and I went back and forth on it. Yeah, um, it's been hard. and so we did, but it's just. Now with technology, you can restrict their times. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's crazy, and like, I can see what he's doing. Yep. And in a way, you're teaching them a life skill for the future. As much as you don't want them to be on it, like as long as they use but it, they'll responsibly. teach you a thing or two about. Yeah, it. Like, yeah. My daughter's taught me stuff about my own phone that I've right. had for years. I've had an iPhone since the first one came out. Yeah, she's had hers for like two weeks, and it's just like, oh yeah, same. Dad, did you know you could do this? No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I got him the old phone, and then he's like, I can't do any apps on it. I'm like, thanks a lot, Apple. You know, they make it so like, <laughs> yeah. you can't upgrade so then you couldn't do anything so i had to get him the newer but not newest phone yeah so uh now he has that but the but he he's still you know he doesn't go any place alone you know what i mean he's 10 so yeah, for sure um and we live in la it's crazy out yeah. here you know so um it's but yes the the, the ability to text with him or facetime yeah. with him is like definite warm my heart uh best thing ever sure. and it's cool like to be able to connect like that that's how we connect with our friends yeah. now and yeah. our and my wife and my parents, you know, so yeah. and traveling, it makes traveling so much easier. Like yes. FaceTime and Yeah, and I'm sending them videos on yeah. FaceTime. I show them a picture yep. and I'm like, hey, I'm in New York. Check this out. I'm in Vegas, you know. Yeah. Um awesome. so yeah. DJ dad life is good if you can make it work. Yeah. <laughs> um so far so good on that side. And um I'm sure your kids love the your ability to do crazy voices because I think <laughs> uh you I, I heard something about that you grew up kind of in the theater world and yeah. uh were like in this kind of a performing arts school or something. Yeah, I was put into like a uh, theater troupe. Uh it was like an after school activity um like two nights a week. That's when so I was interesting. Like in first and second grade. That's so my funny. grandma, like, I don't know. My grandma really, I spent a lot of time with my grandma. My dad went back to school when I was probably in sec- first or second grade. Yeah. And we moved back in with my grandma. So my grandma okay. was single at the time. My mom and dad and my sister, we all moved back in with my grandma. And she yeah. was just like, 
Nathan has the, she calls me Nathan. My mom calls me Nathan. Those are the only two people that call me Nathan. <laughs> Nathan has this, this big personality. We got to get him in front of the, we got to get him in, on the stage. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, um, you know, and so I, I fit in and I was like in this theater class for like six months and the director, the main guy's like, uh, we have this children, we have this audition for this college musical that there's a child's part and I think you'd be perfect for it. So I was like in a college <laughs> musical, like yeah. six, seven months into like That's amazing. Acting. And then it just, it, I did a couple commercials and I did a bunch of theater stuff. And then, um, I've, was always the lead in high school and drama and theater. And so that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, I've been told, I don't know if it's true cause I've never been tested for it, but I've been told I have perfect pitch. Like, and I know that's something that's really hard to have, but right. people tell me like, if I hear something, I can replicate it. Um, like with music, like I can find tones and all these right. things like, and then with voices, like I know when I sound bad on a voice, when I'm yeah. trying, I don't even try like, um, but Hank Hill is like my, People are always like, do Hank Hill, do oh Hank Oh, my Hill. God. I heard you do. So, I mean, you did in the beginning of the podcast if we use that. But maybe you could do some more voices for us now. Like yeah. maybe Hank Hill taking a Bad Bunny request or uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what Hank. the hell? Turn your phone upside down. I can't read it. Does that say play Big Bunny? I don't have my bifocals on. Set that shit on fire. And put it in a wood burning grill, not a propane. Don't waste a damn good propane on the bad bunny request. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Like no, that I was, just made that it was, up, you know? That was legendary. That was yeah. amazing. What what are like some other voices that you do do? I used to do like uh the Rocky and Bullwinkle, like, hey you Rocko. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> like, I don't good. know. That's um good. I do Mickey Mouse a lot for my kids. So I used to play this game with my kids. I'm sure your kids uh, love it. It was called Bippity Boppity Boo. Yeah. So like it was like a Cinderella Disney thing. And they would, they would, I would like act like I'm asleep in bed. And they right. would come up and say, Dad, Bippity Boppity Boo, turn into someone new. And I go, Oh, hiya, Molly. It's me. I'm Mickey Mouse. You want to go outside and play on the trampoline? <laughs> you know, like whatever. And then she would be like, Bippity Boppity Boo, and I'd have to fall asleep again. Right. And then she'd like turn into someone new. And then I would just be different characters all the time and just okay. come back. Uh, and then, like, I had this one Bozo the Clown, and they always hated it when I came and they would run from me. And I'm like, please turn me back into, you know, like whatever. And finally, it, we'd play this game for like 30, 40 minutes in a row. And I'm just <laughs> like, my voice would hurt. I'd be right. straining it. Um, but, but I just, anytime that I can put a smile on my kid's face or make them laugh. Um, I would do it and same with like family and friends like I always feel like <laughs> I always thought I could do stand-up comedy I don't know if it's true or not um, maybe there's like an improv place I could hit up in LA tonight and uh, just there go sure try. Is, I'm yeah. sure there is but <laughs> there's um, tons yeah I, a lot of struggling comics out here yeah for sure. I've never done it so I would just get up and probably say something to get me canceled you know? yeah I feel you <laughs> I mean same people always tell me too like you gotta go do stand-up comedy I'm like all right I have always wanted to a little bit on the side you know so maybe one day uh, yeah but do you ever feel like I feel like I would say something that's like oh you're done I know you can't ever do anything again because it's such a cancel culture around well here. no if you're in a club say whatever you want that's the beauty of it okay. nobody's filming in the you know belly yeah. room of the you know bottom yeah. stand like open mic at the improv or something i think yeah. you're good i could do cat williams too like i i did it a little bit earlier yeah but i could like quote cat williams pimp chronicles from start to finish and sound <laughs> yeah. just like him okay yeah. i think you should try to do a stand-up i think both of us should uh make a pact that Let's one day it. we're gonna do a stand-up comedy yeah. you know what i've realized though is like when i i did beyond the music and i did the 
podcast and I had to speak in front of everyone just like a did kind of like a monologue before and it felt like I was doing like stand up comedy for DJs yeah. and I'm like if I'm ever going to do it the first place I would do it is at like a DJ convention I think that's our yeah, our place we should do something yeah. like that next year's beyond the music we're just yeah. going to have like the roast of vice exactly. or like whatever yeah. you know like like have a roast session or a stand up exactly. comedy exactly yeah we should we should have you that ever can spoke? be our thing like public speaking not really I mean just kind of at at, at the like the beyond the music you know was like starting to do stuff like that but no i hadn't done i want to do more stuff like that you know considering now that i'm doing the podcast so yeah. much and uh, i'm going to the dj collective uh, in there. nashville okay so i'll be there the whole week i'm going to dj the opening party then me and uh jason jan and i are doing some sort of like i don't fire. know that you've been released yet as like who i am oh you are I'm released okay, okay, i'm okay. released well, Perfect. I'm released somewhat. I'm on some sort of Yeah, you're of on a flyer. Flight. I did yeah. see that, but I don't know that it was like uh, when. So I, I'm original OG oh, okay. of DJ Collective. First really? 12 from Austin. So this will be my fifth one okay. to go to. Yeah. I looked up the the previous ones. It looks incredible. Crazy, I'm so excited to go. Yeah. The other DJs that are coming are amazing. We produced last year's in Scottsdale. So oh. we drove a truck from Dallas oh, wow. to Scottsdale, did all the AV, filmed amazing. it, recorded it. Um, so most of the video stuff you've seen on their social media. Oh, it looked great. Like, their highlight reel was not us. That was JSG. Okay. Like that's, that's Jay right. and I's guy. It's really he, good. They're yeah. phenomenal at that. But well, yeah, I'm um, excited. Yeah, so DJ I'm supposed to fun. do some sort of speaking thing on the neck on the Wednesday. I'm supposed to DJ on the Tuesday and then is it like a fireside chat? With but Jana? I think Jana is just going to interview yeah. me. So it's like this. I don't really have to yeah. prepare something, but I, I want to get more into the public speaking thing like that. And, uh, and just force myself to do some sort of stand up. I feel like for DJs it would be the best. Cause we have that nerdy humor yeah. where they'll understand. For sure. Then talking to the general public is harder. You know, yeah. you got to really relate, you know, on that, yeah. on that tip. Um, but that's, that's incredible. Um, all right, we'll do that. That's our pack to each other. I'm in. <laughs> um, for 2023, that'll be one of our goals. Okay. And speaking of, do you have any other goals that you're leading up to or things that you're trying to work towards, uh, mm. for next year or for just the future at all? Man, I don't know that I have, uh, any like crazy, like set goals of right. like, I want to do this or I yeah. want to play that or I want to be anywhere. I just know that if I continue to try to make every day better from today, that, yeah who knows where the world to take you like yeah you know i look back if someone were told me five seven eight years ago i would be doing what i'm doing right now and making the money that i'm making right now and having fun doing it yeah. i've been like there's no way that's possible you know? <laughs> and so i don't know that like i want to be open to opportunities yeah. i want to continue to just give everything that i got to the people that are giving me those opportunities and right. let those opportunities you know take it from there like right so that's great, man. Well, I'm so glad that you came out here and yeah, uh, we did the show. Fun. So much fun. And um, do you have any other words for the DJs out there? Uh, yeah. Any if message? You, if, you, uh, if you have country questions, you can hit me up, shoot a DM. Um, but definitely check out BeatSource if you're not. If you're just listening to the podcast and you're not a subscriber of BeatSource, um, all the curators on the team are working tirelessly on the back end to make sure that, you know, we're, we're giving you everything that you need to succeed. Like, yep. Uh, I, you know, I was skeptical on the streaming side of things, you know, months ago, and now I'm using it at every event because you're always going to get that request that you may not have in your library. And if you just need to play that one-off request, it's there for you. Or if you want to, um, you know, you're playing a different genre and you have a country set you have to play and you could just pull it and load it offline. You don't have to go buy it. You don't have to like know it. You can just have it and do those things. So like, yeah. 
sign up. I think it's, I was definitely skeptical of it. I'm like a true believer and I'm using it all the time now. Yeah. So. I go Friday night. I mean, I started playing an Afrobeat set with some MP3s I had that were like some edits and then people were so much more into it than I realized. And I was like, oh, I'm not really organized with my Afrobeat stuff. Boom. Beat source in there. Ended up playing all these songs. People are freaking out. Like, oh, man, how do you know this? You're doing it for the culture. I'm like, yo, D. James, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like just sure. uh, dipping into that. So, yeah, it's it's great. The more and more I Definitely. use it. And um, as, you know, now with stems, it's just crazy. <laughs> I haven't updated yet. I don't want to test the beta yet. You, you can do both at the same time. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You just rename the old Serato and just call it Serato 2.6. And then you install it and then... And then when it installs as Serato DJ Pro, you just call it Serato DJ Pro Beta, do not use, or whatever. And then they'll both live on and not nice. mess with each other. And they don't mess with the library or anything. Cool. So it's fun to... And yeah, the, I definitely the, want to dig into it. I'm the beta of Serato Studio, uh, the production one, has stems in it now, too. Sick. So if you want to just mess around on that side. Yeah. But it's pretty, pretty I guess if, damn I guess fun. that's a goal, producing. Like... Yeah, I, I've always, you know, music's been in my blood since I was born. So I feel like I just have never sat down and tackled the task of like actually right. producing. I mean, I make my, all my own edits for like short edits and yeah. intro, outro edits for like different things and like first dance and specialty edits. Like right. I make all those. Like I know how to work that end of stuff. I'm really yeah. good with audition, but I've never touched Ableton. I've never produced. I think that may be a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. For sure. Let's do it. Let's go. That Let's is stand up comedy. Stand-up stand comedy, comedy production. Write that down. Um, put that down. Put that on the whiteboard. Um, and where can everyone find you? Uh, Everywhere at DJ Nate Nelson. Okay, DJ Nate Nelson. Check Even him out. Even on YouTube handles now. They have YouTube Ooh, handles. Ooh, I just got my email this morning where yeah. they said I'm allowed to make my YouTube handle. I made handle. mine. So everywhere is at DJ Nate Nelson. So how does that... Because I feel like I already have the handle when I type it in. Yeah, but, it, it was the same thing. It's just like... But it used to be like youtube.com backslash DJ Nate Nelson. Now it's just like at DJ Nate Nelson on YouTube. You can search and people, I think there's friends oh. and YouTube shorts and all the okay. things. But it's okay. just too much to like post all content everywhere. Yeah. It's so hard. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's <laughs> another full time job. Yeah. It's crazy. And now there's that. Props be, to those guys that are doing it. Like, be Real, the yeah. new other app. I've been on Be Real for a minute. Really? Yeah, I need to add you because B real. I'm not on. I mean, I oh. downloaded it, but I was like, "What do I do here?" And then I, I'm. We were trick or treating last night or two nights ago, and I just hear all the kids running by, all the older kids. Oh, Time to be real. Oh, yeah. Did you get it? Did you get run be real? Go, oh, go. Oh, you gotta do it now. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell the other my my wife and the other moms. They're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Why do you know about it?" I'm like, "This is my life. This is what yeah. I have to do." I'm like, it's soon crazy. I'm gonna have to post my damn set on be real. You know. Yeah. So. All right, yo, thank you, thank uh, you for being here, and uh, let's find something fun for you to do in L.A. tonight. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm down to uh, get into a little bit of trouble. Okay, we'll see what's happening tonight. Yeah. I got to... I think my wife's taking my son to soccer practice, so I, I can mess around for a bit. Nice. <laughs> Let's do that. All right, DJ Nate Nelson on the 20 Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, thank you. Peace. All right. All right, thank you to Nate Nelson for coming all the way out here from Dallas and doing this in person. Thank you for all the country music playlists, and now I'm going to be able to go to a gig and play country if they need me to and look like I know what I'm doing because I don't know if I do. Uh, thank you guys, the Beat Sorcerers, for tuning in week after week. Make sure you rate and review the podcast, and make sure you tune in next week. The 20 Podcast is produced by Beat Source, so join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace.
And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.